Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Friends, this life is not the last word. Peter is teaching his readers, if you give into this world, you are making the worst eternal investment you could ever make. It's a Ponzi scheme. You are investing your eternal retirement in a market that is going to crash. You are making a grave mistake. In today's message, Pastor Jim brings us to a passage in 1 Peter that reminds us how evil the world can be. The devil is real and only wants to see people fail, get bitter, and get hurt. He does all he can to make that happen, stopping at nothing. One day, however, Jesus will return to earth and finally rid the world of the evil that inhabits it. Before that day arrives, we will need to decide where our loyalty lies. With the temporary temptations that the world offers or with the eternal and perfect love that God offers us. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 with part 3 of his message entitled, Three Important Decisions. The will of God is not that you go into the voting booth and vote Republican and watch Fox News. Okay, that's not the will of God. The will of God is contained in the Bible, right? And both political parties represent the best of the Bible and the worst of the will of man. And so it's not this thing where, you know, you have to dress a certain way and you wear your hair a certain way and this thing that people are just kind of pigeonholing you into. That's not what Christianity is. Here he's basically telling us something we all know, that we've up to this point in time today, we've had enough sin. We've all sinned enough. And part of being a follower of Jesus is not wanting that lifestyle anymore is to say, you know what, when it comes to being a sinner, I'm pretty darn good at it. And I don't really want that anymore for my life. But notice he doesn't really say so much what the unbelieving people choose to do. I mean, he gives us a list. We'll talk about that in one second. But he says it's the will of the Gentiles, right? Again, he's talking about their mind. In their mind, they kind of just do what they want. See, when you look at this list, it's really easy to go, well, I don't do any of those things. Or some of you look at the list and go, oh, that's all I do, right? I understand that. I understand that. I don't think the list is meant to bury some and to exempt others. I think the list is meant to show us the deep contrast. It's a writing technique to show us the deep contrast between God's will and the will of our world. Now, again, if you're not a Christian, it's so important that you see this and you hear this, Okay? That if you're not following Jesus Christ, from heaven's point of view, you are out of the will of God and you are in the will of this world. Please understand that. I'm not saying that to judge you. I'm just telling you that that's the clear observation of heaven. And if you and I want to sit down, we'll read the Bible cover to cover a few times. And you'll be like, I may not agree with that, but that's clear. That's crystal clear. You see, interestingly enough, even religion, and, and religion I'm using as a generic term of ways that mankind tries to make themselves look good to God. 
like, you know, look at me, like, God, I, you know, I put $5 in the offering plate. I'm pretty darn special. Heaven's probably got a, you know, a, a mansion reserved for me. Or, you know, you, I always have this joke with God. And, uh, you know, sometimes you ever let somebody go in traffic or let somebody go across the street. You ever do that? I don't, I run them over. No, but, <laughs> but I let them go, and then I always go to God, boy, aren't I kind, Jesus, <laughs> right? Because, because I know that there's something inside of me that thinks I'm pretty darn good for doing something basically courteous, right? And so that's a form of religion. And so there are so many forms of religion where people try to do things where they make themselves look good to God, but in a sense, that totally devalues the authority of God. God determines who gets to his house. It devalues the grandeur of a perfect, holy God who invites people to his kingdom by providing his son as the sacrifice for sins. By me thinking I can do things that's gonna make me think I'm so awesome to God, what does that do to the cross? It totally devalues what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so we follow Jesus because we love Jesus. We follow Jesus because we're grateful to Jesus. We try to live this Christian life and to love God and to love people because that's what God in the person of Jesus Christ did for us. There's no other reason, right? We're not trying to look good to God. We're trying to love God in return because of what he's done for us. And then with candid honesty, and great pastoral wisdom in verse five, Peter tells all of us, don't be surprised when your friends and your family members and your coworkers and your neighbors think you're absolutely nuts for following Jesus. Don't be surprised. I'm so glad that stuff's in the Bible, aren't you? Because the reality is, is if you're following Jesus, if you're true, a true follower of Jesus, those people in your life that are not followers of Jesus, they just don't understand. And some of you that are newer to the faith, you don't even understand what happened to you. And all I can tell you is, I understand. <laughs> I understand that it's hard to understand. I still look back on my life and I'm like, my goodness, what happened to me? And all I can say is that the Lord Jesus Christ invaded my life. He came to me. I didn't come to him. He came to me. Peter says here, don't be surprised when, when you do not run with them. I love that phraseology, right? Don't be surprised when you don't run with them. Don't be surprised when you're not chasing all of the same things that they are chasing for significance and value and self-worth and you're not you know, working your way to the top with a cutthroat mentality. He says, don't be surprised when you don't run with them that they speak evil of you. Don't be surprised when they start to slander you. Well, why is that? Well, we don't want to be hypocrites but if you're really trying to live the Christian life and you don't participate in certain things, it's very convicting to the souls of people who they're wrestling with God now by watching your life. And here's the reality. It's a lot easier to critique you than it is to change. And those of you who became Christians later in life, you know that because that's what you were. That's what I was. And you were the one in the kitchen at the family party going, what happened to so-and-so? They're one of these Jesus people now. And now you're going to walk into the kitchen 
and you're going to find out that you're the one that they're talking about because they simply don't understand. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 2 what happened is you were spiritually dead and you were made spiritually alive and they're not there yet and they just don't understand yet. You might say, well, that's not right. But yet, friends, isn't that following in the steps of Jesus? The sinless Savior who was often slandered for the way he lived. Chapter 1, we were told that we were sojourners, pilgrims, exiles. That earth was not our home. That we are people now that are just passing through. And here we have the practical realities of what that might look like at times in our lives Because when the values of the kingdom of God collide with the values of earth, it can get very, very ugly. And here's what Jesus calls us to, to follow him. He tells us to avoid their sins, but not to avoid them. The Bible tells us to avoid the deeds of the darkness, but not the people of the darkness. The Bible tells us that we're to do our best to live at peace with people but we're also called to engage their hearts and their minds in the good news. Are you saying, Pastor Jim, that sometimes people who make fun of me, I'm supposed to put up with that? Yes, sometimes you are. Now, I'm not talking about people who are abusive, that you see them one time and you need 18 weeks of counseling. That's not not what I'm talking about, right? If you got somebody like that in your life, make an appointment, come see me, we'll talk it through and we'll see what that is. I understand what that is like. Okay, but in general, we're just God wants us to bear with people as He bore with us. Second Corinthians chapter four, the Apostle Paul gives us some really good news and some bad news. Well, he starts with the bad news, chapter four, verse three and four. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. It means that people who are not going to heaven don't see it. It's veiled. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. And then He gives us the good news lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. We are called to shine the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not religion, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ into the hearts of people. And how are we to do it? We are to do it with love and with grace. You say, how do I do it? First off, you realize that he did it for you. Okay? And you realize, second off, that without that light, you would not stand a chance of heaven. And so for followers of Jesus Christ, it may surprise you to see that Peter here is concerned with the use of our time. And he's saying that, you know, we used to spend it as the way the world told us to spend it, but now we spend it differently. It's like he's saying, stop wasting your time. You've wasted enough already. It's time to devote ourselves to the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, if you have kids, it means you're reading them Jesus stories at night and you're praying with them before they go to sleep. What does it mean if you have friends or you're married or something like that? It means you try and help people. It means you're spending time with Jesus and learning about him and learning his ways and how different he is than the rest of the world. It means trying to make a difference and not an obnoxious way, but in the corner of the world that God has given you. You know, like we've said so many times, you come to this church three times, you're probably the resident theologian in your office. They're like, I've talked to people about Jesus. I was a believer three weeks, and they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was with a Bible scholar. And they were serious. They weren't joking. 
And so it's so important to see the opportunities that God gives us. It's so important to see that being a follower of Jesus changes both our thinking and our living. This is not a club. This is not a club. This is a kingdom ruled by a king. You know, I hear a lot of people, I talk to them about their churches, and all they talk about their churches is some of these events that they're having. I mean, it's like the Rotary Club. It's like the Kiwanis. It's like the Lions. Nothing against any of those organizations. But they're clubs. They're not kingdoms. This is not a club. This is a kingdom. And we are called to live out the kingdom values. We are called to invite others to the kingdom. Next week, we're going to talk about how each one of us has been gifted to pour our gifts into the kingdom, into one another. And these sins that are listed here are what? They're sins of self-indulgence. They are not the life of greatness that God has called his children to. And sometimes I hear words to the effect from people that, oh, what's the big deal with a little indulgence? It won't hurt. Are you so sure that the Lord agrees? Are you so sure that that's his highest and best that he wants for his children? No, we must be willing to reject the will of man. So three important decisions, living the will of God, number one. Number two, rejecting the will of man. Number three, receiving the will of heaven. He continues to talk about people here who don't believe. And if that's you, would you please listen very, very carefully to the voice of God? Not me, forget about me. But really listen and just think for a second. And and you know what? You say, well, I'm in church. How could I be a person who doesn't believe? I sat the first 18 years of my life in church and didn't believe. I went to religious school for 12 years and didn't believe. So please listen very, very carefully to the voice of God. Verse 5, Peter says, They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. People who don't believe will give an account, okay, the idea, it's a court legal term to him, to God, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Very interesting, that word. Not the word judge. People don't want to talk about the word judge. But we judge all the time, don't we? I mean, people say, you know, don't tell me about this God thing. You're judging me. I'm like, well, now you're judging me. See, it's just, we're all judging each other, right? He's ready to judge. To me, the focus is not the word judge. The focus is the word Ready. Friends, it could happen at any moment in your life. It could happen at any moment in time. Remember, we talked about what's delaying the Lord in returning is he wants more people to believe, but he's ready to return at any time. He says, verse 6, For this reason, for the reason that people will give an account to the judge and the verdict is already guilty, the gospel was preached, past tense, Also to those who are dead, some of your versions correctly say now dead. We're already told that he's going to judge the living and the dead, people who are already dead, back in verse 5, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh. How are all people judged? Death, right? Death, okay? But live according to God in the Spirit. Now, this is not as simple as saying, Oh, yeah, my friend, my friend, yeah, he's one of those Jesus people. Uh, That's their thing, that's their club, and not my thing. This is an eternal issue. When you read the Bible, and most people unfortunately don't, simply ignoring God is enough to send someone to hell. 
And, and let's reverse it and think of it this way. Simply ignoring God is enough for someone to really say to God, I don't want to be with you in heaven. I didn't care about you here on earth. Why would I care about you in the next life? One day the Lord will judge, and I realize our society hates that word, the living in the dead. What does that mean? That even death will not help anyone escape the final judgment. Friends, this life is not the last word. Peter is teaching his readers, if you give into this world, you are making the worst eternal investment you could ever make. It's a Ponzi scheme. You are investing your eternal retirement in a market that is going to crash. You are making a grave mistake. Again, if you're not a Christian, there is so much sin under the water of the bridge of my life. There's so much. I could never stand here in judgment of you and the way you've lived your life. But I can tell you this. You are running to a suffering that is worse than you have ever imagined. Jesus Christ gave us a taste of it on the cross when he cried out to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you don't have any idea of what the presence of God is like in your life if you sit here today in an unbelieving state. You have absolutely no idea. But I can tell you that the Bible is clear that the suffering that awaits you is so much worse than any of the suffering that you will experience in this life. And if you're here today and you are a Christian, I hope these words don't say, well, they're going to get what they deserve in your heart. I hope it fills your heart with such compassion for people that as Jesus looked out upon the crowds and it said that his heart was filled with compassion for they were a sheep without a shepherd. It says that he felt it deep into the inwards of his bowel. I hope that it pains you to think the people that you know or people in our communities that are just thumbing their noses at God and God says, you know what? If you don't care about me in this life, I won't make you care about me in the next life. The Apostle Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 5.18, that great chapter. He says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. How has he reconciled us? Through the cross of Jesus Christ. We are become Christians by the grace of God through faith. We grab it through faith in Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Christians are called to tell people how to be reconciled to God. That is, he says, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their sin, their trespass to them, not counting sins against you if you will believe, but still counting sins. I told you I have committed a lot of sins, but my sins were counted against Jesus Christ on the cross, and that is why I love him. And that is why I serve him. And that is why I'm calling you today to put your trust in him. And the Apostle Paul goes on and says, has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Why? Well, Peter told us here in verse 6 that even though it looks like we all die the same way, it's not true. 
that those who have put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ will live according to God in the Spirit. And he tells us that's why the gospel was preached. That's why the gospel of faith and trust in God is all over the pages of the Old Testament and all over the pages of the New Testament. That's why we still preach the good news of Jesus Christ that all who will turn to him and put their trust in him will receive the forgiveness of sins and eternal life and will rise from the dead like Jesus. But friends, in our area, because of the religious upbringing of so many people, this is what people say, well, I'm just going to wait for the second chance. The Bible says that it's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. And even from this passage, let me appeal to logic. Why would God warn us about this life if it didn't matter? Why would God warn us about this life if there was a second chance? Friends, we are hearing the good news of the gospel today so that we might believe and put our trust in him today so that we might live forever with God in heaven. Peter, very candidly and very pastoral, I might add, Pastors don't tell people what they want to hear. They tell people the truth. Peter very candidly says, those people who do not obey God will have to answer to him for it. That the will of heaven is that those who hear the good news of Jesus Christ and believe the good news and put their trust in him will appear in the courtroom of God and the charges will be dropped because someone else has already served the sentence for our sins. The courtroom of heaven declares the believer innocent. And while our culture may not believe it, it doesn't mean they're right. It means we must explain these things to them. It means we must call them to faith. We need to tell them that they need to make a decision because if you don't make a decision for Jesus... Jesus said, if you're not for me, then you're against me. And you think, well, you know, but I look at the lives of so many people who say they're Christians and, and it looks like it's not working out well for them. Do you think when people looked at the cross of Jesus Christ, they thought it was working out well for him? They said, well, you say God your father. Why don't you call him to come rescue you? But when the cross, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ can be trusted in suffering because Resurrection Sunday is coming. As we close, just think about this. How, how sad would it be if you worked your whole life so hard to accomplish your goals and you missed heaven? Jesus said, what profit is it to a man or to a woman if they gain the whole world and yet they lose their own soul? Parents, I mean, really, what good is it if you give your kid everything and they don't end up in heaven with you? Really? We said it takes costly sacrifice to accomplish your goals. Jesus Christ made the ultimate costly sacrifice to get you to heaven. God the Father made the ultimate costly sacrifice by giving his one and only precious son for you to get to heaven. Today we discuss three important decisions 
as they relate to a Christian in suffering. But they're really all wrapped up in one. Today, turn to God. Today, put your trust in Jesus Christ. Today, follow Him all the way to heaven. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we are overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass on this message to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Change by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord here in the book of 1 Peter, one verse at a time. We here at Change by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time, 